Well, if I can find my bulletin, we'll go over the announcements real quick. I know I put one in here. Thought maybe Scott had taken it or something. I don't know. Um, this, this week we're going to have uh, prayer time here at the church just on Wednesday and Friday the, again this week. Um, tomorrow uh, I'm going to be, my brother's family's coming into town, so we're going to spend some time with them. Uh, so uh, we'll do Wednesday and Friday this week. Outreach is on Saturday at 10 a.m. If you can come and help us, we will be going out and doing door hangers. And uh, the uh, Thursday night Bible study, we'll have that as well. So um, that'll get going again this week, uh, Thursday night at 7 o'clock as we go through Bible prophecy. If you can come and join us on that, please do. Uh, January 15th is the annual business meeting after the evening service. So that's two weeks from today. We'll have that. And then the last Sunday of January, not in the bulletin here, is a fifth Sunday. So we'll have a carrion dinner. Do we have a theme for this month or is it just food? Just food. Uh, one, of the, one of the fifth Sundays is, is, is going to be our Western Sunday, but I didn't think it was this, this month. Uh, so we'll have a carrion dinner and then we'll have an early afternoon service. And we'll do the same thing we always do. If you... Uh, if you want to, men want to give a short devotion, uh, we'll do uh, several of those in the evening service, five to 15 minutes, somewhere in that range. Um, so if the Lord's laid something on your heart, be praying about that this month and let me know. We'll schedule you in uh, to give devotion on that afternoon service and then we'll be done in the evening, uh, we'll be free in the evening that Sunday. So, uh, yes. Yes, thank you. The, the new church calendar is in the foyer on the little skinny table there. And so uh, grab one of those on your way out this morning. We got uh, most of the things going on this year in there. Obviously, it's subject to change, um, but we keep everybody uh, kind of forewarned. And then all the birthdays and anniversaries are in there, too. So grab one of those on your way out. Well, take your Bible this morning. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Um, I'm doing something I don't think I've ever done. I preached on this passage two or three weeks ago, and, and I'm preaching on it again today. So if it's the same message, I, uh, I will not apologize. I don't think it is. I, I, I was praying about what the Lord would have our, our theme be for the year. And, and um, you know, the theme is, the theme is not all-inclusive, not all-important. Uh, I don't want to play too much into it. We, we do need to have a focus uh, for the year. Um, but, uh, as you know, I, I, I give a theme, but obviously I don't just stick preaching with that through the year or stay focused just on that theme. Uh, but as I was praying about it this year, uh, this passage kept coming to my mind, and I, I've been just stuck on 2 Timothy 1.9 for a while. And, and I was looking at it, and my life is to be according to and for the purpose of Christ. It's not mine, and, and your life is, is not yours. And I want the focus this year, I believe the Lord would have us to have the focus this year solely for the purpose of Christ. Now that should be my, my goal, my focus every 
day of my life. That should never change. Um, but so for this year, we put it together. Chris did this for me. He put the, made the background and all that. For his purpose, by his grace, 2 Timothy 1.9. And I, I want to look at his purpose and by his grace this morning. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll read the passage again that Daniel read. Father, I want to praise you this morning for your mercy and grace. Lord, it's new every morning. It's why we're here today. It's by your long-suffering, by your mercy, your unconditional love for us. Lord, I, I want to praise you uh, this morning for your word and help us as we open it to rightly divide your word, to learn, to grow, and Father, be strengthened uh, individually and as a church. Guide us this year, Lord, as we, as we are starting 2023. Father, help us to keep our focus solely on you. And we'll praise you for it, in Christ's name. Amen. Verse 7 is where we're going to start. Verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. My favorite verse is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. But this is right there with it. This is, this is where the Christian is to be. This is what God has given us. This is His will. That we not have a spirit of fear. There should be no, there should be no anxiety but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is God's will. Be, thou, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And this is where we're going to be this morning. My text is just this verse. Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I want to focus the, the message this morning to the believer. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ is your Savior. I'm not saying you can't listen. <laughs> Obviously, we want you to listen. But this is for the Christian. We're told here that we are saved and called with a holy calling. What a statement in the first part of this verse. That through Christ, by His grace... And for His purpose, you are saved this morning. Amen. With a whole, and given a holy calling. Dwell on that just a little bit. You are not called to be a career, uh, uh, not to have a career. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Not to have a job. Obviously, it's necessary, right? We've got to put bread on the table. Sometimes I wonder... What if, we, what if we said, my life is for the purpose of Christ, and 24 hours a day I'm living for Him, would He not meet my needs? I'm getting off of my track this morning. I always preach, I've always preached that a man is to work. If he doesn't work, he doesn't eat. And that's what the Bible says. But is that work always secular? My life is to be for His purpose. Now, I'm not standing up here telling you at all, quit your jobs. <laughs> Do not read me wrong this morning. But what if God asks you to and to step out on faith and just live my life according to Him? Would I be willing? We're given a holy calling, and that calling is to serve God, is to be His child. It is not 
to make money. It's not to, be st- to gain status in this life. And we are to be focused on following only that. It's, he said he has called us with a holy calling. Now that is my salvation, right? Salvation is, is this, but it is my life. It goes beyond my salvation. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. I want to look at what his purpose is, just, just generally this morning. Not, not specifically, but very generally, what the purpose of God is for the believer. Like I said, it is not to make money. It is not to retire. It is not to be comfortable in this life. All the things that the world says are right is, is not what I'm to be striving for. Well, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. And a familiar passage. I say that a lot. This is a familiar passage. I've got I to quit being repetitive in my messages. You know what? They should all be familiar. This is a familiar passage. Well, if you read your Bible, I'm not going to say you have Leviticus memorized, but the uh, doctrines in the New Testament should be familiar. Verse 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? I, I, I wonder how many of us really live this principle. How many of us in our mind get up every day and know that I'm not my own? If I'm not my own, my purpose, my goals, my, my actions that day are not my own either. Everything that I do is not for me. If I'm truly following the principle taught in this verse. He bought us with a price. For you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirits, your spirit, which are God's. I wanted, I wanted to look at our purpose and start with this passage because you are not in control of your life. Your life is not for you. And if you're a Christian, he dictates. Now, he dictates in the life of the unbeliever, too. Don't get me wrong. He is sovereign. But do we live our life according to this principle that I'm not in control? It's not for me. It's not to glorify me. It's not to satisfy me. It's not to make me comfortable. Everything that the world is seeking after, it is not in this verse. Now God says He blesses those that are faithful. He he provides for us in miraculous ways. It's an amazing thing to see God provide. It, it, It is incredible and our faith grows as we see the power of God. But that's, my life is not lived so that He blesses me. My life is lived so that He's glorified. He is my master. He is your master. And, and so if I can get this principle and truly live by it, then I can have my life according to His purpose, according to His power. 
There's a few things I wanted to look at about his purpose. And I know I'm kind of, I know I'm kind of jumping off from this verse and I'm changing the wording just a little bit. But you read back in verse 9 of 2 Timothy, according to his own purpose and grace. I was saved for his purpose. That's, that's something that we need to get through our minds too. I wasn't saved for me. His love was for me. His shed abroad in my life. But I was saved for His purpose. You were saved for His purpose. According to His purpose and His grace, we're to be set aside. We're to be set aside. We're to be different. You say, Pastor, this is easy stuff. It, it is, but we're not as different as we ought to be. This is, this is basic stuff, but we live our life in this world and we're more influenced by it than we ought. Go to Titus, if, if you would, please. Titus chapter 2, 1 through 8. says, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. It says, teach them this. This is what he's, he's telling the, what a pastor is to do. But then he gives in this passage how, the, how all of us are to be. He says, teach, speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, so that this happens, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, Sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. The older men are to have the right mind. Sober is not just grumpy and stern. Sober is a right worldview. That's that's the way I understand sober. It's, It's God's mind, not my own. So I'm not flighty, I'm not I'm not living in fear. Uh I have a sound mind. And a right worldview. That's that says as older men, that's where you are to be. I almost said we. Should I be we? Okay. That's where <laughs> that's we are where we are to be. Grave and temperate. There's there's the discretion in the life of the older men that is necessary. There's temperance there. Sound in faith, in charity, and in patience. This is a set aside life. The aged women likewise. Older women. This is what you're to be. And I will not say who that is. You are to be in behavior as becometh holiness. As becometh holiness. Not, uh, let me see, where am I? Not false accusers. Not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. Set aside in behavior as becometh holiness. The, the, the principle of purity and, and holiness is to be second nature now. It's the behavior of the aged women, not false accusers, not given to much wine. And then it says to be teachers of good things. You have a... You have a 
opportunity and the privilege of being a teacher to the young women, that they may teach the young women, and here's God's will for you to be sober, to have the right mind, not focused on frivolous, empty things, not on vanity and and the things of this world, to love their husbands, to love their children. This This is politically incorrect, what I'm reading right here. This is not taught today. But young women, you are to love your husbands and to love your children. They are to be priority in your life, your focus in your life. Then it says to be discreet. Discreet. That's, that means not boisterous and loud. Not self-assertive. Be discreet. Chaste. Pure. Pure in your mind and in, in your actions. Keepers at home, good. Obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. These things go against the grain of the flesh, don't they? Walking in the flesh, this is irritating to young women. And I, and I know this is true. You see it in society. All right, young men, likewise exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say to you or of you. It doesn't leave anyone out. And in every, in every place, it is a purity. It is a moral purity. It is a sanctification before God, set aside unto His service. Being focused on serving Him. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For his purpose is set aside not conformed to this world, transformed by the renewing of your mind, that I may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 1 says that (coughs) presenting my body a living sacrifice, (coughs) wholly acceptable unto God, is my reasonable service. The bare minimal. It's expected of me. It's, It's right to be expected of me. It's your reasonable service. It's not too much to ask. One more in Romans chapter 6. Excuse me. 19 through 23. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity... 
Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, even so now, back in verse 19, yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Set aside, purified, walking with God through the, word of his, through the power of His word. This is not something you do of your own. You're sanctified by truth. Thy word is truth. We're purified through his word. But Christian, his purpose is that I have a sanctified life. That my life represents him. Pure in my thoughts and in my mind and in my actions. It says we're to be, in the Bible, his purpose is that we are to be salt and light. Salt and light heard it said, and I, I see the point that if I was not here to win others to Christ, he could just take me home. There's no point in me living here for 50 years and not, not being an evangelist. He can just take me home. My purpose is to be salt and light. Every day, all day long. <laughs> to, be, to be used by him. Matthew chapter 5. <coughs> Excuse me, Matthew chapter 5. We were here in Sunday school. We'll be here again this, in the morning service. Verse 13. You're the salt of the earth. You know, the Bible says in Romans that how can they hear without a preacher? How can they hear? With, how can they believe if they don't hear? How can they hear without a preacher? This says we are the salt of the earth. It's amazing to me that God has has allowed us and restricted Himself in some way to use us to be the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. The gospel is to be trans, is to be is to be. Boy, the word just slipped my mind transferred through us. If the salt has lost its savor, it says, wherewith, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of the men. For ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men." that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Your purpose is that your light shines so that they glorify God in heaven. Well, I wish my life was that every moment of every day. My light shining before men, they see my good works and they glorify the Father. That they are drawn to Him. That the Holy Spirit can use the light in my life to draw the lost to Christ. And that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. We are to be salt and light. We are to be that at all times. If I'm not set aside, if I'm not pure, if I'm not walking with God, spending time in His Word, 
Abide in me, and you shall bear much fruit, the Bible says. I'm not going to be light. I'm not going to be salt. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 through 5. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul makes a statement here. In verse 2, but verse 1 says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul said in this statement, I, I am determined to only, to only focus on one thing. I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. My, my goal when I see a person is to point them to Christ. I don't think Paul was a great debater. Well, he probably could have been, but I don't think he got himself in those things. When he, when he went and told them about the unknown God, right? he was telling the, the Greeks about their unknown God. He didn't tell them about the sins of their other gods or the weaknesses of their other gods. He said, I'm going to point you to the unknown God. My goal here is to introduce you to Christ. Let me tell you who He is. Forget all that peripheral junk. This is, who it, this is what matters. I want my life to be that. I'm determined not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I didn't have to come in excellency of speech or in the wisdom of men. I came in the power of God because He's given the gospel. I had an I had a experience one time going out on visitation and I came up to the door of a pastor of a church of Christ. And he was... He was fairly polite, but he was very condescending. And he wanted to challenge me and get me to argue over the assurance of salvation. He really wanted to show me how wise he was. And I stood there politely and listened to him. And I said, well, thanks for your time. And I gave him the information that I had and I left. I didn't debate the man. Because I was cast in pearls before swine. And, and that sounds judgmental. But I could have sat there and argued with him for 45 minutes, wasted that time, and walked away, his mind not changed and my mind not changed, because I'm not changing his mind. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And when he is set on this course, it is not worthy of my time, and I don't mean that to be arrogant, but I have others that can be reached I'm not going to sit there and cast pearls before swine. I walked away, and I left him some scripture. I left him some information. You know what? The Holy Spirit can use that in his life. But is it profitable for me to sit there and debate with the man who has his mind set? I'm determined not to know anything. I'm determined not to get bogged down in the things that do not profit Christ. 
I'm going to tell them about Jesus Christ and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work. That's what Paul said. Let's not get ourselves all tangled in, in, in trying to, to, uh, to show doctrinal error. Let's point them to Christ. His Holy Spirit can do that. Does that make sense? My purpose is not to be the wisest among you. My purpose is to show Christ and Him crucified. Purpose is to be set aside pure before God. Our purpose is to be salt and light. And our purpose is to have victory. Is to have victory. God didn't intend for us to be defeated in anything. One of the songs we sang this morning, I, I can't remember which one, there was a line in it that said something about uh, that he was going to win the victory. It indicated that the victory was in the future. You know, Christ was never defeated. Not one time. Not when he died on the cross. He was not defeated on the cross. I believe we teach that wrong. Christ is preeminent. He laid down his life of his own accord. And he took it up of his own accord. Never once has he been defeated. My God is all-powerful. I, I keep going back to Brother Keller's message a couple weeks ago that he, he measures the, the, the uh, heavens with a span, with the measure of his hand, and he holds the waters in his hand. It's all his. His power is infinite. And he wants us to have the victory. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You thought I was going to 1 Corinthians, didn't you? It's in my favorite verse. Verse, 12, verse 1 of chapter 12 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, we see that faith of, the, of, of those mightily used by God in chapter 11 says the world was not worthy of them. Says We see this, we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Running the race with patience is victory. This person has seen victory over the sin that does so easily beset them. They're in the power of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. <coughs> Excuse me. And ye have, for, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, 
We had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. I'm going to stop right there. He tells us in verse 1 and 2, Lay aside the sin that does so be easily beset us and run with patience. Running with patience is continuing on. There's nothing that stops this race. It's victorious. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith. It says, it says back in verse, down in verse 9, speaking of correction, shall we not much, into the verse, Rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live. Living is victory. It is, it is having life. That's victory. Verse, verse 12, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Get your mind off of your woes and, and walk with God. Be led by Him. His, his purpose for your life is victory. His purpose is victory. We, we, we live as if there is no power to overcome the things around us. I, I mentioned listening to Tucker Carlson. I, I listen to him sometimes because he has some stuff on his show that other media doesn't want to show us what's going on. I like to hear of some of the things that are going on and then I have to shut him off because I start getting angry, I start getting uh, possibly even a little frightened at the condition of our world around us. You focus on that and it can get pretty scary. It's amazing what's going on in our world today. And the fear will take away the victory. He's not given us that spirit. We can go back to verse 7 of 2 Timothy 1. That's not from God. Not once. But the spirit of power is a, is a life of victory. Walking with Christ is a life of victory. This is His purpose for us. I love that thought. You know, I, I desire success and victory for my children. I want them to grow up to serve God and be great men and women. I cannot do that for them. But that's my will. That's my desire. God's desire is that you as a Christian are victorious. You can't do that, but He can do that in you. So He who has all power holds the water of the earth in the palm of His hand. His desire is for you to be victory, have, have victory, to be victorious, and He is the one that does it through us. That's an amazing fact that we need to get a hold of and live accordingly. There's victory we sing victory in Jesus, and, and we, we sing it according to salvation. And that is victory. Praise the Lord, He saved us, sanctifies us. But moment by moment, day by day, I'm to have victory in my life by the power of God. 
So his purpose, and this is a general, as I said, it's a very general purpose. But if I can live according to this, God can use you. He can use me. He will use you. Promises it. I love that in, in John 15. He that abideth in me shall bear much fruit. Herein is my Father glorified when you bear much fruit. And it's by His grace. It's by His grace. It, it is all according to God. He is, he is the source of our strength. He is the source of our wisdom. He is everything and in everything in our life. We only fulfill the divine will of God by the grace of God. Matthew chapter 28. Here's one that I go to all the time. How many can quote 18 through 20? We're we're looking at the power of God again. And if I go to this passage all the time and I preach out of it a lot, it's because the Lord is still teaching me this. It's because He brings me back to this all the time. That as as Mr. Martin used to say, God does not give impossible commands. God doesn't ask us to do things that He will not perform. So verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore in that power, walk therefore. In the grace of God, go forward. Not in... Not in any understanding of my own or not any dependence on myself, but only in the power of God. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We only fulfill the divine will of God by the grace of God, by the power of God. We only follow Him by His power and by His strength. We are only sanctified by the grace of God. I was saved by faith, through grace, by faith. Help me out. How did I, how did I just mix that up in my little brain? Thank you. Maybe it was right. By grace, through faith. So everything in my life is according to the grace of God. And that grace is all power. So I can go forward and serve Him by His grace. We should not be defeated or discouraged in our life. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. (coughs) Excuse me. Haven't been coughing until I got up here and started talking. Paul asked that the Lord take away an infirmity three times. Uh, we're going to start. Well, let's start in verse one. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. 
I will come to visions and relations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up unto paradise, and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Of such an one will I glory. Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities." For though I would, be, I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or, hath, or that he heareth of me. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. You know, I, I remember Paul is the one that was stoned, left for dead. They took him back into the city. And the next day, he got up and he went to the next city and preached the gospel. I, I wonder what this affliction that he had on him must have been, because Paul was not a wimp. <laughs> Paul, Paul did not have a, a uh, uh, desire for comfort. Paul didn't worry about those things. He was focused and driven. Whatever this was must have been intense. It must have been difficult for Paul to seek three times for it to be removed. He said, I ask three times that this be removed. And, and he said unto me, God says unto Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. That statement is all-encompassing. My grace is sufficient for you. What I do in your life is sufficient for you. Paul said, I am in content in whatever state I find myself. Because the grace of God was sufficient for him. Now he glories in his infirmities. That the power of God is shown in his life. He glories in that thing that must have been very, very difficult a trial that was hard for Paul. He said, now I see the glory of God in it, and His grace is sufficient to carry me through. Paul was happy to keep this imperfection. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We are the same in that His grace is sufficient. I don't struggle with what Paul struggled with. I don't know what it was. There's a lot of debate on what that could be. Maybe we'll know in heaven. Maybe it won't matter in heaven. We'll be glorifying God. doesn't really matter. If it was important, God would have put it there. I think if He had put it there, then we could compare ourselves to it and try to elevate ourselves with Paul. He said... My grace is sufficient. His purpose for you is that you are salt and light, that your life is, is purified by His Word. His purpose is that you live a victorious life, and that is all supplied by the all-sufficient grace of God. Amen. That's an amazing thing, that it's not dependent on anything that you have or that I have, but only according to His grace.
Verse 9, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He who never changes, he who never changes, his grace, his purpose for you was written before the world began. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for loving us. Lord, it's just a blessing to read your word and to, and to see the truth in it and know, Father, that you desire to use us and you desire to empower us to be used. It, it is your strength, your, your power, your grace that guides us and uses us every day. Father, help us to get our focus off of this world, our focus on you, that, li- that our lives this year would be completely dedicated to your purpose. The things of this life would lose importance more and more each day. Thank you for loving us. In Christ's name. Let's all stand. Just a short invitation this morning. Maybe, maybe you're not living a victorious life. Maybe we've gotten our heart and mind off of the Word of God. Maybe you're not spending time in the Word of God and you've been defeated this week, discouraged, despondent. Maybe there's fear in your life. It's not from God. We need to to get our heart and our mind focused back on Him, stayed on God. Yield your members unto righteousness and trust Him then to do the work in your life, to give you the victory. Thank you for being here this morning. It's good to see each one. It's good to have my in-laws here. Good to have sister-in-law here just for a short time. They only got to be here for a couple days, but uh, it's been great having them with with us. And uh, tonight, we're going to change things a little bit for the evening service at five. Um, I'm going to go away from this this series in Job. And uh, I was asked a while back by one of the men in the church who will remain nameless, unless you ask me. (laughs) Um, He asked, he said, have we ever gone through the doctrinal statement of our church and taught what it, what it is and why we believe what we believe? And it challenged me because I've never done that. I've never been anywhere that's ever done that. And so uh, tonight we're going to start at the beginning of the church's doctrinal statement and we're going to look down through it and study through the doctrinal statement for the next, it'll take us uh, several months I think. So uh, be here at 5 o'clock. We're looking at the Word of God. We're going to start with the Scripture. And we've got to have a foundation to stand upon. If we don't have this, we have nothing. And so we're going to start with Scripture, and, uh, and then we'll go on through it. It's great to see each one. It is good to have my in-laws with, with us. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Henry to dismiss us in order of prayer, please.